This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Have you ever wondered why some women wear a headscarf, where that tradition comes from, and why it's important to them? Today, I have the honor of interviewing a fellow modest fashion blogger, Lena, from the blog With Love Lena, all about her journey in wearing hijab, dressing modestly, and finding the confidence to be herself in a world where modesty isn't always easy. She shares with me why modest fashion is so important to her, how she found her confidence in wearing a headscarf, even though she's the only woman in her family who does this, and what she wishes other people would understand about women who choose to dress like she does. I was amazed by all the parallels between her belief and mine in the importance of modesty, and I hope you'll listen and be inspired by her beautiful perspective too. All right, you guys, today I have a guest on that I have been hoping and wanting to have her on for so long, and I'm so thrilled that she's here. Um, her name is Lena Snowbar, and she is a blogger, a fashion and beauty and lifestyle blogger, and she is a representative of the hijab for anyone who is interested in getting into that or wearing that or just understanding that culture. And I'm so excited to have her on today to talk about modest fashion, why that's important to her, and how she came about incorporating that into her life. So Lena, say hi to everyone. And hi, everyone. Thank you so much, Corinne, for having me on your podcast. Oh my gosh, podcast. thank you. Yeah, tell us what your, just give us like a little bit of background of who you are and what you're all about. Sure. So again, my name is Lena Snowbar. Um, I was born and raised in East Texas in a little town called Tyler, and I still live there. <laughs> um, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, I, like I said, like, like you said, I'm a modest fashion blogger. I started blogging about five years ago, um, but I actually went to school, uh, to nursing school, and I did that for three and a half years, and I actually just stopped doing that about a month ago. <laughs> so oh, wow. Yeah, so, I saw that you're a labor, you were a labor and delivery nurse, right? Yeah, and I, I so absolutely cool. loved it so, so much, but I have, like, such a passion for like my blog and YouTube and all of that stuff. And it just became like way too much at once. So for now, I'm just doing the blogging and it's so much fun. Um, I'm married. I've been married for two years to my husband, Omar. And we have a Bengal cat. (laughs) Um, But yeah, um, basically, I started wearing a headscarf whenever I was 18 years old. Um, It was just a personal decision for me. I was raised in a Muslim family, but nobody else in my family really wears a headscarf. We all just try to dress as modest as we can. And um, I was always, you know, taught that God values modesty when I was younger. Um, Mm -hmm. But whenever I was um, about to graduate high school, I started trying to get closer to God and at the time, it just really, I just loved the idea of covering myself and showing respect for myself in that way. And I just wanted to try to dress more modestly. So um, 
I started wearing a headscarf right after I graduated, like right before I started college. And I've always, always loved fashion. Um, I even got like best dress in high school. I was always like, oh, I love wow. dressing up to school like every single day. Um, so I wanted to continue that and I wanted to feel like myself. I wanted to feel confident. And so that's kind of whenever I just started posting my daily outfits on Instagram, um, and at the time, there weren't really a lot of modest fashion bloggers in the space. Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of how I grew a little bit like faster on Instagram at the time. And yeah, it's just been so much fun. It's evolved so much since then. And I've really found my style since then um, and kind of evolved into doing um, everything from fashion, beauty, lifestyle, like you said, and just sharing everything. And my main goal with my platform now is just to like build confidence in women and show them that they can dress modestly. They can um, practice their religion. They can hold on to their values and just, um, you know, uh, go after their dreams at the same time and follow their passions. So that's beautiful. I love that so much. much. We have a common thread in, you know, really valuing modest fashion. And that's something that I was taught as well growing Mm -hmm. up, that modesty is important. And I love that my mom would actually, you know, it's, it's a funny, weird little saying that some people in our faith will say, like, modest is hottest. And my mom would always say, <laughs> Love that. modest is not hottest. It's just modest. <laughs> and I I think that's true. It's not mm-hmm. always, like, the sexiest. It's maybe yeah. not always what's most trending. But it's important to me. So I can't wait to hear your perspective on this. I want to go back to something you said that I think is super interesting, that you said your your mom and your sister's do not wear the headscarf, right? Right. So yeah. this was something you picked all on your own. It so is. T- tell me how that evolved and, and what inspired you to incorporate that into your everyday fashion. Sure. So like I said, um, I was raised in a Muslim family. And like, even though my uh, mom and sisters don't um, wear a headscarf, we all um, you know, we're taught that modesty is important and we tried to dress as modest as possible. And kind of in our religion, the highest standard of modesty that you really can be is covering your hair, covering your entire body, wearing loose clothing and just kind of not showing your figure and, and mm-hmm. kind of um, just avoiding the sexy, like you said. Yeah. Um, so I think it just, I don't, I don't know how to explain it, but I guess it just, I feel like God just put that in my heart to want to dress even more modestly and just try even, even harder than even the people around me. And, um, yeah, I just, it just felt really right for me. That's so interesting. Was there a, was there anyone that you looked up to or influences that kind of helped you to be pulled in that direction? Or was it just kind of a personal religious thing? It was really a personal religious thing. There really aren't any girls around me that wore a headscarf at the time. Like I said, I don't have anyone in my family. Um, Yeah, I really don't know. Like when people ask me this, it's really hard to answer because it just really was something that came from within that I really wanted to do. And it just felt right for me. I love that. I think that's beautiful. I wanted to ask just because I love on our podcast to help people become even more educated. Mm -hmm. And I think I have a little bit of a reference point here, but I would love for you to explain the differences between uh, hijab and how do you pronounce the 
Nikov. Oh yeah. So and then the and then the fully covered uh, burka, right? Are yeah. Those are kind of the three. So the hijab is basically just like the head covering and then covering the rest of your body. I think the niqab is when you're just covering, when you're, you do that, but then you also cover your face mm-hmm. and then burqa. I, I'm, I don't know what the burqa is, honestly. So, <laughs> is that just oh, okay. where, I think it's just the niqab, which is where you cover your face and then the hijab, um, which is just the hair and then the rest of the body. Okay. Okay. That's good to know because I, when I was trying to educate myself and become prepared for this interview those were kind of things that I found but but um, mostly you said it's mostly the hijab that so, people wear mm-hmm. in the Muslim religion right right so basically um the niqab which is where you cover your face and the rest of your body and you wear all black that's a very cultural a very cultural way of dressing and it's not necessarily part of our religion, but more so um, a cultural way of dress for people who live in different countries like Saudi Arabia and things like that. Um, but the hijab, which is just covering the hair and the body and not showing the figure, that's really more so what our religion is. Um, teaches. Is okay. Teaches, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's really helpful because I think there is kind of question in my mind. About, exactly. Is it culture? Is it religion? Even when my mom, my parents went to Israel and just to visit holy sites and to mm-hmm. do kind of a religious tour mm-hmm. for um, like a Christianity tour. And there were places where my mom had to wear a scarf, you mm-hmm. know, because for safety and out of respect. And so, uh, yeah, there is a question for me, I guess. So that's helpful to know, like some of it is more culture and some of it is just right. personal religion, mm-hmm. personal exactly. religious preference. So um, I wanted to hear a little bit about your journey with starting to wear the headscarf and what that was like for you. You said you were 18, right? Right. So how did that become something that you started off with? And then was it like you just decided one day and it was every day after that, or you kind of slowly incorporated it? What did that look like? Sure. So yeah, I definitely started slow with my modest journey. And Mm -hmm. I just started wearing more coverage and wearing longer sleeves and like making sure that I was always wearing like full coverage on the bottom as well with like either pants or skirts. And I really just tried to be consistent with that for a while. And until I finally felt ready to cover my hair, because that was the hardest part because it's what people see the most and what is the most, um, that gets the most attention, I guess. Um, but yeah, Mm -hmm. I definitely started slow and that's what I always like recommend to people whenever they're on their modest journey is I always just say, take it slow and just do whatever feels most comfortable for them. So. Gotcha. And how do you feel like people respond or responded to you then and now? And was it, did you get a lot of support or was that kind of a struggle? So, um, like I said earlier, I live in a smaller town in Texas. So there's really not Mm -hmm. a lot of people who know a lot about, um, Islam and maybe what they know is, you know, from the media and it's not always the most positive. So I definitely did get a lot of stares from people like just in public and things like that. And at the time it was extremely hard for me because I was so self-conscious and anytime I felt like anyone was staring at me, I just felt like they were just thinking the most negative thoughts and that people hated me. And, and I really just, that's one thing that I really learned though, is that 
not everyone who was staring was thinking negatively about me. That was Mm -hmm. something that I really learned is that there would be like one lady staring at me from across the room and I would think that she hated me. And then like later on, she would come up and give me a compliment or say something really nice. And Mm. that's just something that I really learned is that I need to stop caring about what everyone else is thinking because it may not even be negative and just worry about myself. (laughs) Right. Totally. Well, there's a girl who works at the local anthropology that is close to my house. The the bigger, well, there's one that's a little bit closer, but there's one that's like a really big one at Fashion Island in Newport Beach. And uh, she's regularly in there and she wears a headscarf. And Mm -hmm. every time I see her, I just think, oh my gosh, she looks so beautiful. And I love that even though she and I obviously have different religious backgrounds, um, that she represents modesty and modest fashion. And I just, I'm always inspired when I see her and think like, that is so sweet. you can still be so beautiful and still have, you know, she wears cute things that I'm guessing are from anthropology because mm-hmm. she looks very much like she's <laughs> dressing the part, but right. yet still doing it in a really modest way. And I love that. I really admire that. So probably people that are staring or thinking something similar, like, wow, that's really, you know, it's, it's different, but in a really cool way. Oh, well, that is so nice to hear. And that's something that I definitely wish I knew when I first started wearing hijab, because I was just so self-conscious. But it's so nice to hear that. Well, and when you're a teenager, you know, everyone feels self-conscious. Everyone's trying to find their place in life. Everyone's Mm -hmm. trying to figure out who they are. So I can imagine that taking on that big of a change too at that age would Mm -hmm. be kind of, you know, it's like a mixed bag of not only trying to find your place in the world and Mm -hmm. feel confident as a woman in general, but then also incorporating something that just makes you different. So I have a little bit of a, you know, when I think back to when I first um, received my endowment at our, in the temple and started wearing our, like what we call sacred garments, where mm-hmm. we wear garments underneath our clothing once you go to the temple. And then you have to wear a different standard of clothing where, um, like your clothes go at least to the knee and cover the mm-hmm. shoulder and they're not too low in the front or the back. And mm-hmm. I remember feeling like, and I started wearing that in Southern California when I was in my early 20s. And I remember feeling like, I think I'm the only person in <laughs> around, you know, that, and I felt kind of different. And it was like, oh my gosh, does everyone know? And, you know, and then yeah. as I, as I became more and more confident and comfortable, now it's just a part of who I am. Now it's not even something that I think twice about. But, exactly. um, but I agree with you that especially when you're kind of in that early phase of being an adult, it's, you know, taking something on like that can kind of be challenging. So um, do most girls kind of wait until adulthood to start that? Or are there girls who start that from when they're a young age? Or what's kind of the norm in your religion? So the norm and what is taught is that you're really supposed to start dressing more modestly whenever you like become a woman and you go through Mm. puberty and, you know, that is the time you're supposed to start dressing more modestly, but um, nothing is really supposed to be forced in our religion. And we, we're really encouraged to make our own decisions about like when it feels right for us to be able to, you know, follow those practices, because if you're not making your own decisions about these things and your, your intentions really aren't in the right place. Um, so there are some girls who start wearing 
a hijab and dressing modestly when they're super young and that's their decision and their choice. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's some that start a little bit later like me and even some a little bit later on in life. Um, but there are some cultures that they start like, I don't know, like they force their children to wear hijabs and things like that, which is something I don't personally agree with just because like I said, I feel like if it's not your own choice and your intentions really aren't coming from a good place and yeah, it can kind of yeah, lead to women who are forced to wear it later on in life. They really resent dressing that way. And it was never really their choice to begin with. Yeah. I, I probably said that out of context when I said, I love that. I, I meant like, I love that you're, you know, saying that it should be someone's choice and yeah. what they, you know, when they feel called to do that or write Mm -hmm. about it. And yeah, I totally agree with that. Mm -hmm. So what do you wish that other people who aren't of your faith or don't, you know, they don't understand exactly why you wear your headscarf or dress modestly? Like, what do you hope to teach other people or what, what do you wish other people would understand about why you do this? I wish for people to know that modesty is on a spectrum and it's just, it's not just all or nothing. And Mm -hmm. everyone is on their own personal journey. And obviously no one is perfect in, in our religion. We believe God judges everything on intention. So I just hope that people know that as long as people are trying, I just feel like that's all that really matters. Yeah. That's, I really believe that too, that intention is everything. people who are your friends who maybe aren't in your same faith done that feel supportive to you or brands or just anything that you feel like, wow, this is progressive or this is, you're seeing more support? Yeah. um, I guess it's just kind of treating me just like anyone else, you know, and not um, treating me any certain way just because I dress modestly or, you know, I guess my main goal with all of this is just to show that Muslim women are, we're literally just like anyone else, any other woman. And so I guess just, yeah, just treating us just like anyone else. Um, I guess other ways people have been supportive is just like giving compliments and just like being super supportive in that way. Just like, Lena, I love your outfit. I love your hijab. Like that coming from someone who isn't Muslim or like, isn't like, doesn't dress in the same way that I do that. It just feels so good that someone else would, would give those kind of compliments. So that's, that's something that's really supportive and really sweet. Yeah, just recognizing that, you know, you're doing your own thing that and just re- like seeing the beauty in that. I love that too. Um, what do you feel like is there are there any times that you feel like this has been really hard? Like are are there anything are there any stories or experiences that stand out to you that you could share that where it's maybe been actually pretty challenging? The one thing that comes to mind when you ask that is basically, I guess about a year ago, I started kind of losing my purpose with my headscarf. I never wanted to take it off because like I said, it was my choice and it always felt really right for me. But there are a lot of like opinions around me personally and whether or not um, like dressing modestly like this is 
is necessary in today's day and age. And, and there's also within this past year, there have been a lot of like social media within this past year, there have been a lot of bloggers um, that wear a headscarf that have taken it off. And Oh, really? Yeah. So I I feel like within this last year, it's been kind of tough because within our community, there have been a lot of people resenting the hijab, like blogger, big bloggers taking it off. And then also personally in my life, I've had people around me kind of telling me, is it really necessary and things like that. So I really had to dig deep and just go back to the true reason of why I chose to dress this way. And I really think it honestly made me even stronger in the way that I believe. And it just helped me realize that no matter what society thinks and no matter what noise is around me, I just have to really dig deep and figure out what's really right for me personally. And it's really freeing just being able to be true to yourself, no matter what society is doing around you. Um, What you're saying makes so much sense to me. That's super interesting. I didn't even know that that was going on around you, but I just find so many interesting parallels between Mm -hmm. your faith and your faith journey and mine. I Mm -hmm. feel like I've experienced a lot of the same. A lot of my friends who grew up in the same faith that I did Mm -hmm. are leaving our faith, are leaving the church, are not only leaving it, but just really bitter, kind of like Mm-hmm. leave it but won't leave it alone like tearing it down mm-hmm. you know and I do think that that is hard for some people to feel like oh maybe maybe I'm missing something maybe right. if I were more you know you start getting in, like confused and questioning yes. yourself yes yes yeah, so I- what helped you when you said you had to dig deep like what did that look like for you it was really, that prayer or scripture study or what mm-hmm. was that like both so definitely Um, lots of prayer and like asking God to guide me for what's right for me. And Mm -hmm. also just going back and reading um, the Quran and seeing exactly what it says about um, dressing modestly and things like that. So that's basically what helped me kind of come to my own conclusions about the way that I choose to dress. Yeah. I think that's really cool that you just I I so resonate with that, with the, like, you have to do what feels right for you. Mm -hmm. Um, So you guys don't have kids, right? Not yet. (laughs) Okay. So if you were to have a daughter tomorrow, Mm -hmm. what do you feel like you would teach her about modesty and and that being her choice? And, you know, what do you hope to teach if you had a daughter someday? Mm -hmm. That is such a good question. That's something that I've thought about a lot recently because we— are we've been married for two years and we're planning on kids soon. And that's one of the first things that I'm just like, I'm going to raise a daughter in this society. And it's just right. It's kind of scary. It's so scary. What am I going to teach her? Mm -hmm. Basically, I feel like I would, I would teach her that dressing modestly is important because we want to show others that we respect ourselves and that we're more than just our body. Um, We want people to judge us based off of our, personalities, our behavior and our character. Um, but also just tell her that, like I said earlier, our religion also believes that God bases everything off of our intentions. So as long as she's trying to dress modestly, no matter what part of her journey she's on, I will support her with, with that. And I'll just, you know, try to guide her with those values that I hopefully will instill in her, but, you know, just showing her that, if she's trying, that's what matters. 
Wow, I love that so much. And I feel like I could take that advice and apply it even to my own three daughters. One of them Mm -hmm. is a baby, but the other two, you know, we're even with uh, Halloween costumes, picking Mm -hmm. out Halloween costumes, I was talking to my girls about, okay, let's pick one that's modest and Uh had kind of that conversation with them about wearing a modest Halloween costume and just, you know, things like that. Even at uh, seven and four years old, I'm already having those conversations with them about why that's important. And so I just, it's remarkable to me how many parallels there are here between your faith and mine. Gosh, if you could picture a girl that is in high school who's thinking about this and is in the same position that you we're in and just thinking like, oh, I, I kind of feel like this is the next thing for me. Mm-hmm. What would you hope that she knows by watching you on, you know, on YouTube or Instagram or reading your blog? Like, what do you hope to instill in a younger girl who's looking to you as an example? I think I'm just hoping to show girls that you can hold on to your values and beliefs. You can dress modestly. You can you can practice your religion and do all these things and still like live your life and you can go after your dreams and get the job you want. You can, you know, travel. There's nothing that's, it's going to stop you from doing. I feel like it's only going to help you and help you grow and in the right direction. So I guess that's kind of what I'm hoping to instill in, in girls like in that age and on that journey. Yeah, that's awesome. Do you feel like there are things what things, just like tactical things, do you feel like, okay, you have to be a little more creative about this? Like, I know you mentioned the gym on your YouTube video, the the one that was, I think, entitled My Truth or something. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some of the different scenarios where, and I think you also mentioned like a trip with your family to Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some of the situations where you're like, this can get a little tricky, but it's worth the effort? Oh, for sure. There's so many situations that are very tricky. Um, like, like you said, especially the gym and especially the beach, because in those situations, like just nobody, it's just not the norm to wear full coverage at the beach or the gym. So those are two yeah. places that it's, it was a, a huge, huge struggle for me personally, is just finding finding my style and finding something I felt comfortable in, but still, still felt confident in for the beach and the gym. So I guess for the gym, I mean, are you asking like what practical tips, like for modern? Sure. Yeah. I think that would be helpful. Totally. What, what are your like um, tips for? I guess for, uh, for me, I guess for the gym, um, I always like to tie like a, a long sleeve running shirt around my waist just to add a little bit more coverage and what else? I really like the long sleeve half zip running tops just for working out. They're like really lightweight and good for like year round. And they're good for like wicking sweat, not just like in the winter time, but they work all year round. And I really like joggers for modest workout clothes as well, because they're just a little bit less form fitting and, you know, figure hugging than leggings. So Mm -hmm. those are kind of like the things that I like to wear. um, And then for, um, for the beach and like swimming and stuff, I found some really good, um, like modest brands that they weren't even trying to be modest. They were really doing it more for sun protection, like Mott 50 and Coolabar. Those are a couple of my favorite brands that I like to, um, shop for modest swimwear, but they do like really nice, um, swim leggings and like swim dresses that are like a little bit like to the near, like a little bit above. And, um, they were meant more for sun protection, but 
they're just super cute and modest and it works. <laughs> That's awesome. And I'm sure you have all of those resources on your blog, right? If someone yeah. went to your mm-hmm. blog, which we should shout out right now. It's oh, with, thanks. with Love Lena, right? Yes. And I have all that on my YouTube channel as well. Okay, cool. And we'll make sure to push those in all, all the links in the show notes too. So that people can find all of those things. Yes, of course. Um, Oh, I wanted to ask too, what your tactical tips are on, I know you said when you very first started wearing a headscarf, it was a little bit tricky to figure out how to, and I always, I always look at someone with headscarf, like, like that girl that I told you about in anthropology, just walking around like it's no big deal. And I'm always thinking, how is that not falling off of her head? It's like perfectly placed (laughs) on there. And so what are your tips um, even for that? For it to stay perfectly in place? (laughs) Yes. Like, how Um, do you do that? It's like a magic trick. So there's something called like an underscarf, which is like Mm -hmm. a necessity for me. And it's basically just like a little cotton jersey, little cap that you can wear underneath your scarf and that keeps it from slipping and also keeps your bun in a good like secure place Mm -hmm. and then I also use little um, straight pins just to kind of like secure it a little bit even more so that's kind of how it stays in place (laughs) so now okay so now I know the magic trick that's amazing (laughs) so if this is an uncomfortable question, we can cut it out of the interview. But I am curious, is this something mm-hmm. that you wear at home when no one else is around or only when you're stepping out of your house? When, Like if it's just you and your husband hanging out at home, Yeah, are oh, you still I'm, wearing the headscarf? Oh, I'm so glad you asked this because I feel like this is something a lot of girls are, or a lot of people are confused about is when do you wear it and when do you not? Basically, mm-hmm we really only wear a headscarf. Like if we're out in public around men that we're not related to, that's basically who we are supposed to cover in front oh, of is like okay. men that we're not related to. So I can uncover in front of my family, in front of my husband, in front of just girls. Um, mm-hmm. The only reason I cover up on my YouTube channel and I'm public and things like that is because there could be, you know, some man that was watching my videos or, you right. know, um, right. but yeah, it's, yeah, when I'm home, I'm not wearing my scarf. I'm home, I'm not wearing my scarf right now. Um, so yeah, it's just basically so that we can cover ourselves in front of men who are strangers or you know, we're not related to. Gotcha. Yeah, that's super interesting. And I did not know the answer to that question. So I'm glad that you shared that with me. Yeah. And so I have a funny story to share too with, um, I have a really good friend who, now she's a dear friend. When I first met her or interacted with her it was just on Instagram and she started following my blog just for the deals for the fashion and then Mm -hmm. she became interested in our faith and I sent her a copy of the Book of Mormon which she read Mm -hmm. she eventually was baptized into our church and so I flew to the middle of nowhere in Illinois to go be at her baptism her name's Natalie so amazing and so the missionaries in our church teach people slowly like just lesson by lesson, just the basics. Mm -hmm. And then right before, like, I want to say like two days before she was baptized, when I got there and we had dinner together, somehow the topic of the temple garment came up and she just got these like wide eyes and was kind of like, wait, what? Like she had no idea. And I was Mm -hmm. like, oh no, the missionaries didn't teach you that yet. (laughs) And she got kind of nervous, like, well, where do I wear them? And do, am I going to wear them even like when I go swimming? And, Mm -hmm. um, And she just, I think, was super nervous about are people going to be able to tell? And 
I was so glad that I was able to look at her and say, Natalie, every outfit that you've ever seen me wear on my blog, unless Mm -hmm. I was swimming or working out, I've Mm -hmm. always had on my garments. And she was like, oh, Oh, that's And it was like this big relief to her. And Mm -hmm. I was so glad that I had, because I know other people in my same faith, and this is just like you kept saying over and over, like, that's their journey and that's them. And mm-hmm. um, I just do what I feel comfortable with and what I feel most um, personally compelled to do. But I've right. always worn my garments in every fashion outfit that I've ever posted about. And it just immediately put her mind at ease of, oh, okay, if you can do it and I've yeah. seen you, you know, do this with all your outfits, then I can do it too. I love so, that. Um, but I do think there are some funny little misconceptions about what exactly is that. So we'll put a video in our show notes as well that really explains well what that is to people yeah, that'd in our be faith, awesome. the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, because I think there's a lot of funny little, um, you know, questions, just like my question to you of, do you wear mm-hmm. it all the time or just yeah, sometimes? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, so anyway, I yeah, it's just— really amazing to me how many parallels there are. And and overall, I feel like so many of these things for me, and it sounds like for you, they're just an expression of your commitment to God. Exactly. That is so, so true. So what do you feel like you hope will change with the perception or understanding of modest fashion or even just you know, what What do you hope to see as far as progression goes with people accepting or becoming more inclusive with people who it's important to them to wear, to dress modestly? So I hope that people can see modest fashion as a woman's choice and just see that women who dress modestly, they're not oppressed. They, mm-hmm. they're, they're not, um, you know, they're not forced to do that in any way that, you know, we're making our own decisions about how we dress and, um, you know, we're living our life and going after our dreams and just all the things I talked about. So I'm just hoping that, you know, other people can look at someone like me who covers my hair and covers everything and, and not see someone who's weak and, and see them as someone who, you know, is honestly just, just like everyone else, like I said. So, yeah, I love that. I, Actually, did you see, I'm sure you did, the video that ESPN posted of the girl wearing hijab and it started, I think that's what she's wearing, and it started to come off and the the opponents, like the girls playing mm-hmm. on the other soccer team, oh, yeah. surrounded her oh, so that she that. could adjust it. Yeah, um, that was so sweet. <laughs> it was so sweet. It brought me to tears. I posted it on Instagram. Aww. And then I was shocked to see some of the comments where... There were people who just clearly did not understand, like, you're missing the point here. Right. There were some people who made some of those comments, like you just said, about, oh, why are we supporting a religion that oppresses women or why? Right, right. And it's like they just don't understand that this isn't about judging her choice. It's about how beautiful it is that her opponents immediately came to her rescue because they— can see, oh, this is important to her and something that she feels this strongly about, like, if it's falling off, let's hurry and help her. I loved that so much and and yet was very surprised at some of the reactions that I saw too. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, it's more about, like, even if you don't have the same 
you know, ideas and beliefs as someone else, if it's important to them, just, you know, supporting them in, in their journey. I think that's, that's just beautiful. Yes, I so agree. I would love to hear from you what brands you feel like are doing. It seems like, at least for me in my journey of trying to find modest clothing, mm-hmm. it seems like there are more brands that are supportive of that. What do you feel like you've seen and what are you happy with? And what do you feel like the fashion world in general could be better at as far as providing options? So I agree with you. I feel like in the recent years, there have been several brands that have really um, expanded and offering more modest clothing. And it's just so much better because when I first started blogging, I feel like it was so much harder to find certain things. And now it's a little bit easier. Um, Let's see, Nike came out with the Nike hijab, um, which was really nice for us because we never had anything (laughs) to like work out in before, which was practical. So that was nice. Mm -hmm. Um, H&M for the past couple of years now has offered a modest collection um, around the time, um, which is our holy month of Ramadan. Mm -hmm. I love that. So that um, was really cool. Uh, Macy started carrying some modest um, clothing lines and also ASO started doing a modest collection or a mod, sorry, sorry, they do a modest category. So you can click on their modest category and they have like a bunch of options on there that are, that are modest. So there've been lots of ways that brands have stepped out and, um, offered more, but I feel like there could be definitely some improvements in, um, the way that modest brands are handling, their modest ranges. I feel like if they would reach out to people like you and me, who actually are from these communities who dress in a modest way and we could, they could get like what our qualifications for a modest outfit is and kind of see Mm -hmm. what, what we actually need, um, in our wardrobe, I feel like it would just be a little bit, a little bit more helpful. Um, one thing that the H and M modest collection did is I feel like they used a lot of, um, fabrics and materials and designs that were very like um, from like a specific culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like, I mean, I feel like I speak for a lot of people when we just want to dress like everyone else, like just being modest doesn't mean that we're, we have to be like foreign or mm-hmm. from a specific culture. We just want things a little bit more covered up. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's, I think that's one thing that could be improved. That's really interesting. Yeah. I do love that there are certain retailers now that are allowing you to sort things by sleeve length and dress length and Mm -hmm. um, even like neckline. And I feel like anytime you have those options, it's like, oh, this is so nice. Like I can search for things that are for sure going to be long enough or for sure going to have sleeves. Those little things go such a long way when you're trying to sort out. Totally agree. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, I just feel like you've given us so many helpful tips, so many beautiful insights. Thank you so much. Yes. I'm just so grateful. So I always ask this last question that I'm going to ask you. And that is, if there's one message that whoever's listening to this remembers, what do you want that one message to be? My, my message is I just hope that we can all like learn more about each other and just learn that, like you said before, like we have so many similarities I feel like we have more similarities than differences and mm-hmm. just being able to realize that. And I also just want to be able to instill confidence in women, no matter what their beliefs are, to just be their true authentic selves and straight, stay true to themselves and 
um, just be able to live their best lives. I love that. Well, I feel like you are so inspirational to me and to so many other women who are just trying to find themselves in this Thank world you of so much, yes, Corinne. You're in so the world sweet. of fashion, just finding you know what feels right and feels um, true to you. So you do that so beautifully. So thank thanks. you so, so yes. much. Thank thanks you so sharing. much for having me. Yes. Thank you. And um, where can people find you if they are inspired by you and want to follow along with your journey? Sure. So I'm with Lovelina on Instagram, YouTube, and then my blog is with lovelina.com. Okay. Awesome. And we'll put all of those links in the show notes too. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to Mint Arrow Messages. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Mint Arrow. Subscribe to our Apple Podcasts and rate and review us if you like us. And to get show notes, go to mintarrow.com slash podcast. And you can even sign up to get show notes emailed right to your inbox. And we'll email you every time there's a new episode.